If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are here with the one the only john oates hello david um i like your plant everyone loves this plant behind me i I should have a plant everywhere i go because people love this plant (laughs) i mean i should just say anteaters in the house right i guess so sure I mean, listen, you have had so many number one hit singles. You have played so many venues. You've done so much in the music industry. Like, I'm sure you get offered things all the time that you say no to. What drew you to the Masked Singer? Why was this a yes? Why did you want to be a part of this? Well, I'm always uh, open for a challenge uh, and something new, you know, try to, uh, to, uh, you know, stretch out a little bit. Um, It just came at at an opportune time. I had a gap in my tour schedule when I was asked about it. And I thought, hmm, let me think about that. I've got a lot of friends in L.A. and I don't get out there that often. So I can go visit my friends. I can do this TV show. It was also casual. I didn't realize how intense it was going to be. Um, and so that's that's why I signed on. Um, and I wanted to what really intrigued me about it uh, was that I wanted to see what was going to happen when people heard me sing without putting a being able to put me into a context of Hall and Oates hits, 80s, pop, or whatever. I just wanted to be uh, be kind of considered, and I wanted to see what they thought of me just as a singer without any way to compare me to anything. And I thought that was really, I don't think you get that opportunity very often. I uh, I would agree with that. Do you feel like to that point, you know, like you are part of like one of the most famous duos in rock history, but you know, people that follow your career, like you do a lot of solo stuff. You have a lot of solo stuff now, you know, and I think it's true of like a lot of artists, but do you feel like you lose your individuality and, you know, just being associated with a duo when you really do have a whole solo career that has is pretty vast? Well, listen, I mean, you know, no one can ever, you know, it, you can't ignore the fact that the Hall Notes, uh, you know, catalog of hits and then the, a 50 year career will always trump almost anything that Daryl does on his own or I do on my own, which is OK, because I'm very proud of that music. I'm really proud of what Daryl and I created together. Um, I think we we made music that will last stand the test of time that hopefully will, you know, will live on forever. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, I'm very nostalgic and I don't like to live. It's like, it's, it's interesting. I, I make the, I make the analogy of, um, you know what it's like when you go to a great museum and you're really excited to go and see all the beautiful paintings or the exhibits or whatever it might be. And then near the end, when your feet start to hurt and you say, you know what, I, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. 
I get it. That is a good analogy. I mean, how would you describe like just, you know, the late seventies, but particularly the eighties when you guys really broke out and like were everywhere, like how would you describe that time in your life? It was intense. It was very intense. There was no time for reflection. It was all about, it was a lot of uh, business demands, a lot of heavy demands. You know, of course, you had the beginning of MTV. You had all that stuff going on. Um, Daryl and I were at the top of the pop world. We had number one record after number one record. We were traveling around the world constantly. I, I couldn't, you know, everyone thinks that that was probably the high point of my life. But to be honest with you, it actually wasn't my favorite time. I actually liked the 70s more than the 80s because everything was new. We were trying to figure things out. We were trying to figure out who we were musically. Um, every city was new. Every experience was new. Every concert was new. Um, so for me, the 70s were kind of, they, they stick out in my mind as a much more uh, interesting time. You just sang a Chuck Berry song, Johnny B. Good, on The Mass Singer. You know, you mentioned that he was one of your musical influences. Who else, like kind of growing up or even like starting out, like who who do you consider your influences? Well, you know, I have a really eclectic um, musical uh, musical taste. I, I love everything and I'm always drawn to great songs and it really doesn't matter about the style. Um, and, and a perfect example is, you know, the song I started with, with the Walking in Memphis. I love that Mark Cohen song. Um, I think he captured magic in that song. And I love Memphis because uh, I live in Nashville now, but Memphis has a soft spot in my musical heart because it's it's some of the greatest R&B and soul music that came out of the Memphis in the 60s. You know, the Stax Bolt songs, uh, you know, um, all these all these great artists. I mean, that that's highly influential to me. So I and then here again, when I got to sing a Backstreet Boys song, I never even thought about a Backstreet Boys song. Of course, I was aware of the song. I knew the song, but I never thought I'd be singing it. And then when I got to learn it and sing it, I realized, well, you know, this is a great pop song. Uh, and, you know, of course, then there was a Justin Timberlake song, another really amazing pop performer. So um, it's all, you know, the, 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 the Johnny B. Good, the crazy part of that is I've been playing guitar since I've been six. I was playing that song when I was seven years old. Wow. That's one of the first songs I ever learned on guitar. It was Chuck Berry because it's only three chords. And, you know, as a little kid learning to play the guitar, that was all play a Chuck Berry song. You know, that was a major accomplishment. So for me now to go back, what's 60 years later and 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 sing it on TV in that crazy costume, it was weird. Uh, it was a weird, um, you know, kind of full circle moment. Well, like I said, you've had so many hits. I mean, Kiss on My List, Man Eater, Private Eyes. I love them all. Like, do you have a favorite Hall & Oates hit song um you know i i like them all but um i'd say she's gone because it's the song that put daryl and i on the mat it's a song that really uh stands the test of time i mean uh whether whether i'm playing with daryl or i play solo shows uh i play that song all the time because it's a it's a song that just seems to have it just sounds new every night uh and that's a quality that i think every songwriter you know, every summer I would hope to write a song like that in their career. One, you know, so we've been fortunate to have more than one. But uh, that song in particular stands out. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back. 
and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You guys know I've been so honest with you about my weight loss over the past few months. Look, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. There's so many diet plans that say, do this, don't do that. And none of them have ever worked for me. That is until noon. Noom realizes that with weight, one size does not fit all. They take into account each person's individual needs. Noom builds personal plans that takes your specific dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs into account, and then they build a plan that works for you. Noom uses a psychology-based approach. They focus on the why. They believe that losing weight starts with your brain, so they focus on why haven't you been able to lose weight. They really change the way you think about food. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom. Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Way more than one. What about the opposite? Is there a song that, you know, you perform because you know the fans that come have to hear this song, but is there a song that you would be okay not performing again? Uh. I, I to, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not really touring with Daryl these days um, and I'm doing solo shows and I'm really glad that I can play new music now uh, because it's a, it feels like a breath of fresh air for me. Right. After doing something for so many decades, you know, you want to move on, right? I've, I have moved on. It's just a matter of uh, it's a matter of living in my present. What do you think? How do you think, you know, you look at something like Taylor Swift and the Errors Tour and just so much is going on, you know, like, how do you think music has changed, like from the days that you started, you know, back in the 70s to today? We do not have enough time. <laughs> um, well, you know what, I am, a, you know, I've, I was always, uh, a, I always liked Taylor Swift and her music. Because I'm good friends with Nathan Paul Chapman, who was her original producer and worked with her in the early days. Um 
but I now I have become a massive fan. Um, what she has accomplished um, musically and commercially is unprecedented. And she's really something. And she just keeps getting better and better. And that to me, that's a mark of a true artist, someone who not only is can be successful on a commercial level, but is pushing and pushing her creative boundaries. So I, I have to say that as much as I liked her in the past, now I'm uh, I'm definitely uh, I'm I'm a I'm an old male Swifty. You're a Swifty. I love it. What about I know on the Mass Singer, like you know, if you had stayed in the competition, you know, you do kind of plan your songs ahead of time. Like, was there a song you were looking forward to singing? And like, you know, one of my favorite songs of yours from the past is "You've Lost That Loving Feeling." I know that's a cover. If you could do another cover, like if you with anyone, what would it be? Wow, that's a that's an interesting song. Well, um, to tell you the truth, um, right after the Mass Singer, I went in and cut recut "Walking in Memphis." And I did it as an EDM dance song, and I'm going to release it eventually. Um, not right now, because I'm releasing another song in a few days. But uh, it came out really cool. Uh, I had this idea that I could turn it into a kind of an EDM song. So um, I'm going to release that probably maybe in, in January. How interesting. I can't even picture that as an EDM dance song. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. That is really cool. One of the highlights in your career for me was, you know, you look back to like Live Aid and We Are the World. Like, you know, it's just that was so that was like one of the first things of its kind at that time. Like, do you have like a specific memory that sticks out from recording We Are the World or Live Aid? Um, both. Uh, you know, they were both incredible, you know, uh, historic moments in, in, in the history of music. Um, I remember uh, We Are the World where we, um, if you see the, the big group of people all singing together, um, where I was standing, uh, Ray Charles was right in front of me on my, off my left shoulder. And Bob Dylan was right behind me off my right shoulder and two of my favorite artists of all times. And here I am kind of in the middle between them two, the two of them. And I thought to myself, you know, a moment like this will never happen again, you know? So I was better try to always try to be aware of these special moments, you know, when they're happening. So they don't just, you know, kind of go by um, in terms of live aid, you know, just the fact that we, we got to close the show in Philadelphia and it was the first time music, a music concert was simulcast around the world. Uh, that's a groundbreaking event. Uh, we got to back Mick Jagger and Tina Turner. Uh, you know, so the whole thing was just incredible. The backstage, if you could only experience who, who was backstage and what was going on backstage, it was it was incredible. Um, so, you know, everybody who was anybody was there and it was really great. Wow. I love that the Masked Singer, you know, has had so many different musical talents throughout its 10 seasons, you know, many, some of which have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But what was that like for you, like as far as career accomplishments, like where does that fall for you? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is without a doubt a, a great thing for your career because it really puts you in a, in a place in people's perception. Um, but that, to be honest with you, you know, a few years before the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, Daryl and I were inducted into the American Songwriters Hall of Fame. And I always like to say that um, if if we hadn't written the songs we wrote, we wouldn't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So to me, the Songwriters Hall of Fame was a very, very important um, thing to, to, to uh, be inducted into. Um, not, not to diminish the importance of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at all, but the Songwriters Hall of Fame was very, uh, very important. Wow. Do you, because I now went through, because, you know, knowing I was going to sit down and talk with you, I remember when you were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I went down a rabbit hole of just sticking with the 80s since that's when you guys, you know, you kind of 
catapulted. These are some names of people that are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who do you think is like most deserving out of like Lenny Kravitz is not in it, the B-52s, NXS, Billy Idol, Motley Crue. These are a lot of heavy hitters that are not in the Rock and Roll Hall, Hall of Fame. Uh, Billy Idol for sure should be in there. Um, but all the, they, they're all worthy. Um, I love the B-52s. I just saw them a couple of weeks ago. Um, beef, uh, I got to do a song with Billy Idol at Bonnaroo in 2013. Uh, you know, I mean, look, they, they're all, they're all great. And they've all, you know, I mean, who's to say who's more worthy, you know, it's one of those things. What about, you know, well, now you're doing some EDM. Is there a type of music that you haven't really touched upon? Maybe it is EDM that you kind of, you know, as you produce new music, like that you kind of want to venture into? I haven't done any banjo trance music other than that. Um, I think I've covered a lot of ground. <laughs> I've got a new single that comes out in a few days called Get Your Smile On. And it's a song that I recorded at home on my laptop. And I've never released a song that I've done totally on my own on a laptop. Uh, and uh, it's uh, the downloads for that song are going to be are going to benefit Teen Cancer America. So I'm really excited about that. I love the fact that I can make music and put music out for people. And hopefully that'll, you know, uh, you know, help. Uh, it's it's for such a great cause. So that's a good thing. Do you ever, you mentioned you were in LA for the Mass Singer. A lot of your friends live there. I know I've seen interviews with you before where, you know, you talked about, you know, and even on the Mass Singer, you did bring this up as part of your clue package. You know, that like at the height of fame, people would think you have it all, but fame could be like a double-edged sword, right? So you kind of left it all behind for a quieter life. Do you ever, I mean, you look back, do you ever say, I miss LA? I split my time between New York and LA. I could see why no one would ever miss LA, but I'm just curious what your opinion is. Well, believe it or not, I've never lived in LA, but I spent tons of time. Uh, Daryl and I recorded three albums out in LA in the mid seventies. So we did spend a lot of time out there, but I just have some great friends out there. I'm, I'm a car, I'm a car person. I collect uh, vintage cars and I've got a friend of mine who, who builds cars and we visit together and I've got a lot of friends in the, in the music music business and film business. So um, being out in LA during the Masked Singer was fun for me because I'd be out there and I'd be at the Masked Singer during the day and I'd go out with my friends for dinner and I'd go, hey, well, how come you're in town? And I'd be, oh, you know, yeah, I'm just going, there's this TV thing I'm trying to work on, you know, and I, I just make some random, you know, vague comment about uh, why I was there. And then the next week I'd come back and they go, Weren't you just here last week? Why why'd you come back? Oh yeah, it's still going on. You know, it's it's one of those things, right? Uh, uh, it's a pilot. You know, it's going to take a while to figure it out. You know how there's so many meal delivery services out there, and they're all basically the same, and it's so hard to tell them apart. I feel you, and that's why I need to tell you about Cook Unity. Cook Unity is the first chef to you service delivering locally sourced meals from award winning chefs right to your front door every week. I mean, this food is restaurant quality. The other night I had from Ruben Garcia, this amazing seared chicken with Thai basil coconut sauce, but it was literally as good as anything I'd be eating in a local restaurant. Cook Unity is unlike any other meal service. It's bringing the most amazing culinary talent straight to your front door. The food arrives fresh. It's never frozen. And I love that you can pick as few as four or as many as 16 meals a week. And they have everything. If you're vegan, paleo, pescatarian, so just go to cookunity.com slash velvet or enter code velvet before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first
first week by using code velvet or going to cookunity.com slash velvet. Your best gift this holiday season is holidays on the house from DraftKings Casino. They have hundreds in games and prizes, so many classics like slots, blackjack, and roulette. Listen, download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code VELVETROPE and play $5 to get $100 in casino credits. That's promo code VELVETROPE only at DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly, 21 and over. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. One per opted-in new customer. $5 wager required. Max $100 in casino credit awarded, which requires one playthrough within seven days. Terms at casino.draftkings.com slash holidays on the house. Restrictions apply. Sure. Have well to that point, have you heard from anyone? Because listen, I mean, as the show is going on, look, you've been guests for like Rick Springfield, John Cougar, I think Willie Nelson was in there, Bob Seeger. Have you heard that's, from that's any crazy. right? I mean, I think in Billy Joel at I forgot who said B- Billy Joel. Were right. you guessed like as you were going on? Where did you hear from any of your famous friends where people are like, I know you're the anteater? No, 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 no. I haven't heard from any of my famous friends. Um, but I just thought it was funny when they said Willie Nelson, because no one sounds like Willie Nelson. No one sounds. I mean, and I, I'm horrible at guessing. I mean, when I heard Billy Joel, I thought maybe I, I heard a little Billy Joel in you. But what do I know? Yeah. Did you, you know, because you have performed so much in your career, like, was there something you learned about yourself as a performer from The Masked Singer? And, you know, obviously you're performing in an anteater costume. That's different. But was there something else you learned about yourself as a performer? Yeah, I learned that I'm really glad that I'm really fit because it was hard. And I'm telling you, at the end of the day, I was wiped out. Um, So I'm really glad that I... I ride my bike and hike and ski and do all those things. And I stay fit because there's no way I could have done it if if not, if I wasn't. Wow. What about, you know, when you look back on your career, like as part of a duo and solo, like, is there, do you have any regrets? Is there anything you would have done differently? You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, it's a great career that people would kill for but do you have any regrets or anything you would have um, done differently you know, as, as usual i think i i would have uh, if i you know i don't really have regret I'm, I'm proud of you know how you know i'm proud of surviving let's put it that way you know the fact that i'm still around that i can still think i can still perform i can still create and write um you know i would have paid more attention to the business side of things which i was uh you know i was lazy and uh you know when i was young it was just more important to uh to run around the world like a crazy rock star than it was to pay attention to some of the business details that, um, that, that really could be, uh, uh, you know, uh, could come bite you, you know? And to that point, like what advice would you give like someone new, you know, starting out? And do you think it's easier for people today to break into the music industry or do you think it's harder? Like, is it, do we have social media and it's easier or is it just so saturated these days? It's it's crazy. That's a that's a subject that takes more than a quick interview to talk about. The the good thing about today's music world is that anyone can make music. Anyone. If you've got a laptop and a you know you can make make music. 
the bad thing about today's music is that anyone can make music. So <laughs> that's the best, the only way I can describe it. That makes a lot of sense. Well, listen, I have, your songs have been the soundtrack to my life. I mean, I could go on forever. You know, I have thoroughly enjoyed watching you on The Mass Singer, like long live Anteater. Maybe we'll see you back on The Mass Singer in a future, a future season. So, you know, I appreciate you taking the time out and, you know, thank you so much for this chat. Thanks for that. That was good. It was a good conversation. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much. Right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.